the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, welcome everybody. I um, run around like crazy uh, this past weekend, and it's kind of funny. Um, you see all the stories in the news about which businesses are locked down and which ones are opened up and how various different states are handling uh, what's going on. Well, I I, um, I was on the road again. Um, yeah, we had uh, we had some lacrosse this uh, weekend. Um, we were supposed to, supposed to go to Maryland. Um, Cuomo put uh, Maryland on the restricted list, the quarantine list. So they actually upped and moved the entire tournament to Hershey, Pennsylvania. So I, I went off to Hershey early Saturday morning. It was our first game was 9.50. So I, I leave the house. I'm a three-hour drive, and I like to get there early. So I left it around uh, 4.30, quarter to 5. And I, I punch into Waze, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Waze is going to take me through Manhattan. So I'm like, wow, okay, going through Manhattan. At Williamsburg Bridge, go over, which ends up in lower Manhattan. It takes you through um, the Bowery East Village a little bit, straight across through Soho, all the way over to the Holland Tunnel to the other side. And I was um, curious, to say the least. I haven't ventured back into the city. Uh, I haven't been there since February. And again, I, again, I've mentioned before in the program, it's a place that uh, uh, I love very much. Um, it's gone. It's gone. Isn't that the, uh, the, the Pretenders song that uh, plays at the beginning of the Rush Limbaugh program, My City is Gone? I, um, as I was actually going through Brooklyn first, to get to the Williamsburg Bridge, um, going by statues in Brooklyn. And uh, you know how Waze tells you, police ahead, you know, that warns you that you know, so you're not going to get pulled over. Yeah, the police ahead were police guard, guarding statues in Brooklyn. But anyway, Manhattan is the scene I have to explain. I, I, um, I get into Manhattan, and it was surreal. I want to remind everybody, this is around 5.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Homeless everywhere. People sleeping in the streets. Graffiti everywhere. Now, I want to remind everybody, the lower east side of Manhattan, the Bowery area there. Now, back, back in the 70s, the Bowery area was known to be for homeless and bums and, and whatever it may be, has been revitalized. It, it's, we're, we're going back in time. I remember one of the trips that my uh, family made to, to New York. I distinctly remember this. Uh, my, one of the trips my family made to New York when, when we were kids, my dad made a point to drive through the Bowery, and I remember my mother yelling at him. Why are you doing this, Roy? What are you crying? What are you doing? Could you do? He wanted to show us a different uh, area. Different. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. It's hard for me to actually put it into words. 
and, and I, I, I get to the game and I'm talking about this with some of the other coaches that were coming from Long Island, also went to the city, same route, ways route. There was the same thing. It was just hard to process to some degree. I mean, even as I went further into some of the higher rent areas, into Soho, driving across the island of Manhattan. It's a mess. And, I, and quite frankly, I, I don't know how they're going to get control of it. I don't. I, I, I guess Saturday night in the city again, you had more demonstrations, people wrecking police cars, destroying police cars, starting fires and uh, trash cans. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Again, you got de Blasio for another 18 months. Another 18 months. And what's the point? What's the point of even arresting people? Like, oh, yeah, we arrested. We arrested a bunch of people. So you're going to just let them go anyway. You're just going to let them go. Obviously, people are, some people are demanding, you know, step in. Something needs to be done. The federal government step in. Um, again, if you're new to the, uh, new to the podcast, uh, again, we, we're constantly getting new people signed up here for the program. And sometimes I have to reiterate my positions. Um, I, I don't think the fed should get involved with this at all. At all. I, I don't think the feds should be involved with this at all. Yeah, do, do you know federal courthouses, whatnot, you want to put up a perimeter? You want to put up a perimeter? I don't care. Put barbed wire around the place. Put barbed wire around the place. Put people with guns and water hoses there to protect federal property. Either that or you go to the local government and say, okay, you know what? We're going to move this federal courthouse somewhere else, but you've got to pay us for the land and the building and all that stuff. Um, I, I don't care. I don't care what's going to happen to places like Portland. If they want to destroy their city, destroy the city. New York City, again, a place that I love. How could you say you not care? I, I, of course, There's nothing you can do, okay? I don't live there anymore. I don't. And I shook my head when the morons in New York City elected Bill de Blasio. And I knew he was going to be a disaster. You, know, you make choices in life. You make choices in life, and guess what? Those choices have consequences. And the reality of New York, Portland, many other urban areas around the country is it's going to take a long, long time. A long time to come back. It is what it is. And again, I, I always have been talking about this a lot on the program. We have a Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. Our founding fathers understood. Understood that there's, you know, certain states' rights, local authority. If these areas, they don't want to take care of themselves, if they want to devolve, let them. Let them. If you don't 
like it, move. I've gotten that, those emails. You don't understand. We, you know, we live in this area. I, I live 30 miles outside of New York, but it's not coming near where I live. I can tell you that much. It's not. Move. Move. Get out. You don't have to stay there. No one's forcing you to stay in these hell holes. Move. Anyway, well, that's that was my scene on the the ground. I, you know, in fact, I don't know which way. I've got to go to New Jersey today. Going to take the, another lacrosse event today and tomorrow in New Jersey. I don't know where where ways is going to take me today. But anyway, um. I got a kick out of this. I got a kick out of this. I actually had a, some of my, my listeners send me this as well. This is brilliant. I got to give, uh, give kudos to Representative Louis Gomer, who introduced a House resolution on Thursday. It's classic. Demanding that the Democratic Party change its name or be barred from participation in the House of Representatives due to its past public support of slavery and the Confederacy. And Gomer said, yeah, that's the standard to which they are holding everyone else, so the name change needs to occur. By introducing the legislation, the um, Republican lawmaker was hoping to make the point that cancel culture works both ways. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, I, I brilliant way of playing it brilliant way of playing it um let me just a statement here this is uh it's from the blaze actually uh, and they they're quoting gomer uh, a great portion of the history of the democratic party is filled with racism racism and hatred since people are demanding we rid ourselves of the entities symbols and reminders of the repugnant aspects of our past then the time has come for democrats to acknowledge their party's loathsome and bigoted past and consider changing their party name to something that isn't so blatantly and offensively tied to slavery jim crow discrimination and the ku klux klan kudos to louis gomert um again you have a choice here, here again Parents, you have a choice. This uh, particular university was uh, actually recruiting my son heavily for lacrosse. Um, Rutgers, Rutgers, the uh, English department at Rutgers, has declared that proper use of grammar is a hidden form of racism because it disadvantages students of multilingual, non-standard, academic English backgrounds. Uh Uh-huh. Really? Um, The critical grammar approach challenges the standard academic form of the English language in favor of a more inclusive writing experience. The curriculum puts an emphasis on the variability of the English language instead of accuracy. Also, you can, the grammars, it's not going to, it's not going to matter anymore now i listen and the funny thing is i get people listening to this program and the amount of time that i do on air uh, radio television whatever it may be i, I make mistakes with uh, grammar 
Um, I, I do. Everybody does. And I try to correct it. People love pointing that out, by the way. That's okay. I don't mind. I really don't. But um, it's fascinating. Fascinating because this is something that I've lamented a long time ago and how important language is in the meaning of words. Um, so they're basically going to just, we're just going to do away with the proper use of English here in the United States. That's the direction we're going to head in. You know, I'm going to start, I'm going to listen to my mother-in-law and I'm going to finally learn Greek and just maybe start speaking that. And I know a little bit, but I'm going to, I mean, I'm gonna, I, 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 I can't do this. I can't participate in this, nor should you. This is destruction of language. Words have meaning. So if you have a kid and they go to a school like a Rutgers, you have a choice. You can either tell, you know, call the school up and say, uh, you people are morons and I'm yanking my kid. Or, you know, your kid is, you know, don't, your kid goes to school, don't allow them to take any clashes within the English department. It would end this stuff. Do you understand your parents out there have to, um, how shall I put it, grow a set and start standing up to this? You're paying for this. You go little Johnny or Sally's at Rutgers and they're an English major. Again, why? I don't know. Sorry. I, I don't know why. I could take some English class, fine, major, okay, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, okay? Maybe you want to be a school teacher, okay, whatever it may be. Um, And they pull something like this. Okay, no, I'm not paying. Tell your kid, your kid will whine and complain. That's not right, that's not fair. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay, unless you're paying. Unless you're paying, you can do whatever you want. Pay, you can do whatever you want, but I'm paying. Sorry, I'm not paying for this crap. Choose not to. Okay. Um, I was trying to make heads or tails out of this at the weekend. I don't know if you were. Seeing various different stories come down. This is in, in Louisville. Gunshots erupting during a, a protest. Three members of... Um, this armed militia group not blanking around coalition. Yeah, that's it. The not, yes, F word, F wording around coalition were injured by shots fired from one of their own members' guns. Um, one of the members of NFAC spoke to a throng of protesters and said, we had a little accident. It happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I, you know, I, yeah, these funny people want to shoot each other. I, what are you going to do? What are, you, I, what are you going to do? Do you understand? This is a part trying to get the truck. You're in a, a lose, lose situation. You get it? What are you going to do? I remember, I remember this had to be, I guess about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, uh, it was a, a couple of police officers stopped 
there was a traffic stop in Tampa, Florida, and um, there was a shooting. A police officer was killed, and they were they were trying to find the the perpetrator or perpetrators behind this. I, I can't remember all of the details. I, I'd have to look it up. But my my point is this: the people within the community didn't want to help. They refused to help. Okay, that's fine. Um, how about we refuse to police your community? How's that sound? How's that sound? You, you, want, you want your neighborhood to be a no-go zone? Well, okay. Okay. I, I, <laughs> you don't want the police there. You don't want the police there. Don't go. Don't send the police there. Don't put them at risk. These people want to kill each other. What are you going to do? You're going to stop them? What's the point? You're going to send people into this community? No, no. I, like I said, that was my Sam Kinison bit. And you get people in the community complaining about what's happening in their community and the police need to do more. They're in the minority. You know what? You help those people move. Let me tell you something, okay? It's cheaper. You do a cost-benefit analysis here. If the drug dealers want to shoot each other up, so be it. Just don't allow it to filter into good neighborhoods. That's all you do. You wall it in. You make it like a Jurassic Park for crying out loud. I don't care. There's only so much you can do. And, I, I, and I, how do I know this? I've been banging my drum, banging on this desk, yelling and screaming, trying to alert people to ripoffs and scams and how the markets work and how to avoid things. And I lose more often than I win. Do some people listen? Absolutely. Do some people get the help that they need? Absolutely. Do some people get their financial plan done the right? I go on a yeah. But I, I, how many phone calls do I get? Emails do I get? And I've been listening to you for years. And then the inevitable happens. Bad things happen. What well, you should have listened to me earlier. There's only so much one can do. There's only so much a police department can do. The police department can't force or cannot make a cannot make a neighbor, cannot make a community a a decent one to go in. The, it, the people that live there have to want it. You can't force it on them. And in some of these areas, in particular in, in Chicago and, and some of these other neighborhoods, guess what? It might be just cheaper to help those people get out and leave those hell holes. Again, a lot of the things that I, I've said here on the program, we try to come up with solutions to the problem. Talk about getting kids, getting kids that are in broken homes where we know the parents are bad. We can recognize the parents don't give a damn about their kids and finding a way to get them to some sort of boarding school not juvie, boarding school, prep school, where they can be given the things that they need as best one can, can give these kids. 
to succeed in America? There's just ideas out there because, again, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting some sort of different result is a complete exercise in futility. Anyway, um, let's move on to, well, what sort of stimulus package we're going to get. I don't know. I don't know. Steve Mnuchin come out, came out and said that uh, we're going to move quickly on a few things, uh, one of which is unemployment and extending it, but they're going to extend the federal employment. They, they said they're going to do it at 70% of what one's wages were. Um, Pelosi is not happy about that. She wants to continue the entire $600 a week all the way up until January. And she says we have to do it that way because it's easy. Another round of stimulus checks are going to be going out. Yay. Yay. Let's just hand cash out to people. I, I, I don't understand the point behind that, quite frankly. That's been done uh, on several occasions over the past, uh, past 20 years. How has it worked out? How's it worked out? Again, I I mentioned this last week, going back to uh, 2008 with George W. Bush, Pelosi kicking George W. Bush in the buttocks and getting him to send out checks. How many times are we going to send out checks here, people? Huh? Oh, you can get a check, but you can't get a check. Who's paying for the checks? Well, the usual suspects are paying for the checks. But are we actually even paying for the checks? Is it just just a press print button? Is that all? Because at this point in time, and I'm going to be delving into this in greater detail on the podcast over the next uh, several weeks. I, I, I mentioned this week, I don't get it. I don't get it. Remember I mentioned that Tom Hanks character from the movie Big? He's sitting there. He's an adult, but he's a kid at the uh, toy company and the executives are explaining that new toy that they're coming out with and obviously the mind of a child how's this fun I don't get it I don't I don't I I freely admit people I, I don't get what's going on I don't I don't understand it I'm listen even Jamie Dimon okay alluded to this I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you look at a laboratory, you get chemicals there, and you, you know, as a kid, you kind of look at all the beakers and all of the various different colors, and you say to yourself, you know, what these chemists do in mixing things together. Um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're mixing together. Right now, this concoction with all of this printing and how this is going to turn out, I know we can't pay it back. I know that there is no, I'm telling you right now, there is no way. There is no way we can pay back all of the money that is being printing, printed and all of the money that is being spent at this point in time. Can't do it. Cannot be done. I'm telling you right now, cannot be done. So what does that mean? 
I don't know. Is there, is there an alternative somewhere in the globe? Is there another country or a currency out there that one could go to? I know some people say gold, and the price of gold is going to go up. Okay. Okay, let's say gold goes over $2,000 an ounce. All right. Yeah, it's still gold, still just a, to me, it's kind of a trinket, it's a metal. I mean, I know people get upset about that. So we should be on the gold standard, whatever it may be. And I say again, 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 why gold? Are, are there not more important, more important, uh, you know, minerals, commodities out there than gold as far as its, its usefulness? All right, it's you know, pretty, it's great. But isn't you know things that go into the you know batteries that make the world go around? I I, I just I, I don't understand it. And I've talked about maybe having a currency backed with a basket of commodities. I I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is can't pay this back. Can't pay this back. And what I also do know is when people stop believing. In the system, they stop believing in the currency. That's when things get out of control. That's when things get crazy. Our, our entire financial system, and it's not the first time throughout history, is based upon belief. The Romans, the Chinese in their past debased their currency and they paid the price. But again, there were alternatives elsewhere. There were alternatives. What is the alternative right now? This is where I I get confused and bewildered and perplexed about what's going on. I think Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats who uh, are pushing their $3 trillion, what, what, that, what is it, I don't even know what the hell they're calling it, whatever it may be, another $3 trillion bailout package. They, they're looking at this as just keep printing. Just keep printing. Why, why bother stopping? Just keep going. And I, I would love to be a fly. I said this last week. I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the Obama household there. And Obama having a conversation with somebody said, man, what a piker I was. What a piker. I, yeah, I, I spent that. My American Recovery and Reinvestment Act was under a trillion dollars. Look at what's going on today. Anyway, and the funny thing is, life's going on. Life's going on. I mentioned, I had to go to Pennsylvania, stayed at a hotel in Hershey, Pennsylvania. The kids on, the, on my son's team, they got together, they went to Hershey Park. They said it was packed. Packed. They actually left. The lines were too long. They left. Yes, in the hotel. Signs up everywhere. Must wear a mask. I was downstairs reading 
in the lobby, my book, and uh, I didn't have my mask on, and somebody came over and reprimanded me about that. Now, at the fields, outside, lacrosse games, there, there was no difference between the lacrosse tournament I was at on Saturday and Sunday in Pennsylvania and the ones that passed, except some of the people had masks on. Nothing was different. Now we we finished up on Sunday, a nice win against one of our, our rivals for my eldest son. I hop in a car and I drive to Connecticut yesterday because in the afternoon I had three games with my younger son. Steve, I coach there. Now I, I get to Darien, Connecticut, and we're playing at Darien High School. Chapman's be the nicest high school I think I've ever seen in my entire life. It's the better than D1 facilities for crying out loud. But anyway, yes, you know, they, they, there they were a little bit more strict. And some of the Karens were coming around and, you parents have got to wear a mask while you're watching it. And they were getting on us. But um, with a kid, I mean, it's, we're playing a sport with the kids really social distancing. No, no. Did, did I wear a mask while I was coaching? No. No, nobody said anything. In Hershey, went out to dinner, went out to lunch, went out to dinner. Restaurants open. Yeah, they have some tables closed. They put signs up there, social distancing, whatever it may be. Life's going on. Obviously, it's, it's a bit muted than it was in the past. Don't, don't you think we should slowly kind of work our way back to that? rather than just throwing money around. And don't you see the opportunity here too? See the opportunity? You see the rest of, rest of the globe and what's going on, and they say, oh, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is printing money. Everybody else, uh, Europe and these other nations have had negative interest rates for a long time, and you're right. But aren't we supposed to kind of compete against them? Wouldn't it be better for the United States just out of curiosity, wouldn't it not be better for us to differentiate ourselves rather than do what everybody else is doing? Again, we're going to continue to delve into this. I'm going to look at various different things. We're going to go to, to different points in time in history. I'm going to discuss this. We're we'll talk about Rome. We're going to talk about China. We're going to uh, lots of different things that we did here in the United States in the past. But again, I, I want to explain to everyone, the entire system is based upon belief. The financial system is based upon belief. When, when you go back, you go back and you take a look at It's a Wonderful Life and the Bailey Building and Loan and the run on the banks that took place. And now you go back to the financial crisis. Idiot Chuck Schumer coming out and saying something about IndyMac Bank and all of a sudden, oop, there's a run on that bank too. If people don't believe it collapses, one of the main reasons why we had the TARP program, the bailout program, was to convince people that everything was going to be okay. Again, the word credit comes from Quindire, which means to believe. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what to believe. 
WatchdogonWallStreet.com. WatchdogonWallStreet.com. Have a wonderful day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.